to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Podcastica, a Doctor Who review podcast here on NOTLG.com, episode 219, Horror of Fang Rock. My name is John, and joining me every time we turn a lighthouse into a laser is my good friend Taylor. Taylor, hello. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it is, um, it's, it's going. Excellent. <laughs> it is definitely going. Uh, We'll get about things that are making me happy this fortnight in a minute, but uh, you know I'm I'm awake. Um, I'm mostly coherent, um, and uh, yeah, that's about <laughs> Time all. To bust out the arrow press. Yeah. Oh well, it was in the uh, the dishwasher this morning. After I I hit, I was like, uh, I woke up and I was like, oh, we didn't run the dishwasher. Throw everything in there. Hit the dishwasher thing. Oh man, my arrow press was in there. Aww. So uh, that is why I took um, two impromptu, two, count them two, Taylor, during the work day, fell asleep twice while wow. doing work. Yeah, it's been it's been rough, but uh, I am, you know, we'll get to it and the things that are making me happy. Uh, but how are you, sir? Uh, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. It's, um, you know, we, we are adjusting to a slight change in our our attempt at normalcy this past 11 months uh the uh the wife is headed back into the classroom so um i am a little bit more in charge of making sure the kids are always on top of their schooling oh um and and mondays are always just kind of a chaotic day uh the kids have a lot of things going on i've got a lot of work things going on um and so yeah monday is just just kind of chaotic because one of the things i try to do is finish up watching Doctor Who and making notes and stuff. And I might have to rethink that. I might have to be like, look, I think, it's Sunday night. I'm going to do it Sunday night now. I think we, Taylor, I think we both need to rethink that. Yeah. Um, because I quite literally finished episode four about 15, 16 minutes ago. At least it's fresh in your mind. It's true. That's one of the reasons why I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll watch it and it'll be super fresh. But, yeah, I got you know, that time management has got to got to be working full steam going forward at least for the next yeah. couple of months here I get it. on my end um so shall we get to oh you know what before we do get to that um we recorded episode two of uh all night with the living geeks we did we did indeed and it and it is out today so if you want to check out episode two of all night with the living geeks um go hit up all your favorite podcast platforms and uh give it a listen give it a spin uh, we talk about a um honestly quirky and delightful um documentary called alien highway a fun romp if you oh will. my gosh yes is a lot of fun so. Um, I'm looking very forward to listening back to it, um, despite the fact that I will always hear myself mispronounce a word right in the beginning because I was a little stuffed up when I said it. <laughs> I mean, l- listen, long-time lis- listeners of podcast can know it's about that time of year for Taylor. Yes, so, uh, this is true. I, I don't think it took away from anything. I, it was a really fun <laughs> podcast to record, and I had a good time. It is literally be, me being my own worst critic. That's all it comes down to. <laughs> but yes, a uh, lot of fun. Just yeah, a really good time. Go check it out. It's available Definitely. everywhere you get your podcasts and notlg.com. Absolutely. Um, all right, Taylor. So uh, what is making us happy this fortnight? Shall Do you want to go first? Um, sure, because I've got a feeling I know what you're going to say, and that's a probably, no matter what, a much more you know, <laughs> delightful tale. So no. I'll, I'll let you have that. Right. Um, what's making me happy? Um, well, I tell you what, I uh, took my kids through their very first Dungeons & Dragons adventure. Yes. Last weekend. Also, my very first. Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons adventure. I never got, I had friends who were into it. And I never got into it. I always got just overwhelmed. I'm like, this is so much math. I, I can't do math. Same dude. I had, you know, I was in a band where every other member of the band played D and D and I was just not into it. They had like an ongoing game and I'm like, I have no idea 
what any of this is and i've never i've never played how was how was it 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 was good um if if anything i have to say i um because i i gm right i I ran the story Mm -hmm. as it were um because i mean my kids are nine you know yes they're not not gonna be like here i'm going to tell the story and and lead us through things um so it was um it was pro i mean it was good it was about um maybe three three and a half hours over two days okay and um honestly i felt like i wasn't doing a great job because i kept having to like jump between books to double check like oh how does this work oh how do we do this oh and then i kind of just i kind of just took a i'm going to say a page from the game of rassilon bless those guys because they are all so awesome and supportive as i've tweeted stuff out being like oh my god i'm gonna do this i'm freaking out and they're like nah you'll be fine (laughs) you'll be great just make sure they have fun that's what matters you know yeah um and and quite honestly, I mean, the the first hour or so that we played and then we kind of took a break because um, the neighbor kids wanted to play for a bit. And um, like we had we'd hardly started the quest like we hadn't even chosen what quest they were going to go on. And and my son is like, oh, my God, I'm having so much fun. I'm like, really? Good. <laughs> so so there, there came a point where I was like, OK, um, I. I could go really into the nuts and bolts of all of this, or I could just go, okay, that role looks really good. You beat this person. Yeah. And, and so that's kind of just where I ultimately went uh, with this because um, there was one, I, I even forget what it is now, but there, there was one monster and they had split up. So of course it, they weren't facing it together. And I'm like, there's no way. Oh boy. That, this person is going to take down this monster. And so I kind of just finessed the story a little bit and she ultimately, excuse me, uh, chose to run away. And, um, you know, it worked out long story short, it worked out, they had a lot of fun. Um, they want to do more and, and that's, that's all that matters. There you go. That's very cool. So, yeah, I yeah, remember so cool. at the start of quarantine, some friends wanted to do an online D and D, and I just could not commit to it. It's I, I now that I've kind of studied the books a little bit, and I've even made my own character just to kind of have the experience. Yeah, so I can help my kids when they want to develop a character. It's like, oh, okay, okay. I kind of I get it now. It's not it's not <laughs> as daunting as it seems. Right. Um, you know, I, I think the trick just is to kind of go, you know, okay, I'm developing a character for a movie or a story or whatever. And just kind of like come at it from that point. It's like, what kind of backstory would I want this person to have? Yeah. You know, and, and, and all that it, it takes a little bit, but it flexes the brain and you get creative and you're like, Oh, I can do this with it. I can do that with it. Very cool. Yeah, it is. It was fun. It was fun. Awesome. Well, you my friend <laughs> so uh the one thing that's making me actually there's two things one thing is very minor um we decided to use a fluff and fold service where you just bring all your oh. your clothes to um a laundromat and they do all your clothes and then deliver them back to you wow uh i had way too much laundry and uh, lauren had probably not as much as i did but it got it all got delivered back to us today very excited that I don't have to do probably 10 loads of laundry. Uh, and, you know, we wanted to save time because the other thing that's making me happy this week or, you know, this fortnight is uh, we welcomed a new little puppy to our family. Uh, we adopted uh, her name is Camilla now. Uh, it was uh, Ophia before. Mm-hmm. Change it to to Camilla. Uh, she is currently sitting in my lap, taking a little nap. It's very cute. Uh, it is a lot. It is definitely a lot. She is about eight weeks old. Um, everything is new. Yep. She is unfortunately very afraid of our current, or well, our first dog, Henson, who Aww. who has been nothing but a gentleman. Throughout this entire process, we we are shocked that he has been so calm and he he just wants to be friends with her. And she's just like, nope, I'm I'm good right now. I am 
the tiniest thing on earth and you are uh, a giant black cloud that floats around. <laughs> um, but we're going to get, we'll get there. She's, she's warming up a little bit. We have yet to get them to like smell each other. Like, you know, go nose to nose. That's, that's the goal is go nose to nose. Right. And then hopefully from there, we, that'll take a lot of the stress off of not only Lauren and myself, but also Henson and Camilla because it's a big stressful situation, but we're very happy. Um, yeah, just very cute. That's awesome. I remember when tip, when we first got Tippy and Olivia home and how tiny they were. And, you know, they would be very active sometimes, right? In the middle of the night. Yeah. And sleep was not great. You know, even now they're, you know, creeping up on uh, eight or nine months old now. Yeah. And there are times where you just, you happen to get up at the wrong moment and like super skittish. And it's just like, yeah, off, out of the room like a rocket shot. Yeah. Um, she, we're trying to crate train her. Uh, the first night didn't go great. The second night, which was uh, last night, apparently went way like she didn't wake up and cry at all, okay. which is great. Um, and I say apparently because I am not am not in the room because Henson can't be in the same room as her because when she cries he growls. So I'm like, all right, bud. So um, I am recording in my my new bedroom, which is also our studio. Uh, oh wow! He's he comes in and sleeps with me. So it it hasn't been like it's obviously going to be an adjustment, but overall we're very happy. She's super cute. Uh, she's going to have some really cool coloring going on here um, yeah, as nice. she gets older. I'm I'm just very excited, I, and I I'm more excited for them to start to play. Because that will, yeah, that'll just that'll change everything. I get it. That's that's really cool. And I and I've seen pictures. She is just adorable. She's very cute. Um, yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm just very excited. She's so cute. She's just sleeping right now. <laughs> I I you know everyone tells you oh puppies they sleep all the time. I'm like yeah all right no that's very true. <laughs> this little pup plays for yeah. 15 minutes and then sleeps for like three hours. Wow. Yeah, I wish I could. yeah, that'd be great, right? <laughs> Work for fifteen minutes and then take a three-hour nap. Yeah, I'd go for that. But yeah, it's um. Oh hi, did you hear me talking about you? <laughs> it's it's we're up to the challenge. Over uh, you know, it's gonna be great. So there you go. That's what's making me happy. L- laundry I didn't have to do, and a new dog. Yeah, wow, living the dream. You know, just yeah, living living that dream, that <laughs> sweet sweet quarantine dream. Oh, you know what else is making me happy now that I, I just mentioned it? My sister and my brother-in-law, they both got their first vaccine yesterday. Oh, hooray. So that's Good. making me happy. Um, they today. Oh, perfect. My parents have been vaccinated for a couple of weeks, and they, on a whim, they I guess, I was like, how did you even find out about this? She's like, we're in a Facebook group where people just hunt for unused vaccines. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. And uh, she sent me a group that is here in L.A. So I, Lauren and I have both gathered that information and hopefully we'll be able to, you know, swoop in and get a vaccine soon. Man, good luck. Thank you. <laughs> so there you go. Those are all the things that are making me happy. But we've got, you know, we got to talk about Horror of Fang Rock. But before that, got the Who News. We do indeed. Yeah. Um I don't know if you've heard, John, but actually Sylvester McCoy is is um, in a new horror film that's coming out. Oh, called The Owners. <clears throat> and we had mentioned it um, quite some time ago um, when the I don't know, I guess the production was first announced. Maisie Williams also stars in it. Um, well, it's finally coming to screens. Uh, it might be coming to theaters too. I guess it depends on what your restrictions are like. Um, but he's been doing he's been doing a few interviews lately about it. And over at Cinema Blend, we'll have links in the show notes. Um, it turns out that Sylvester McCoy feels much the way that we do about the Sonic Screwdriver. Yeah, this is a this is a great quote that he has here. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a very good quote. Um, basically, let's see. He says uh, they use the Sonic Screwdriver too much. It's a bit of a crutch. Hey, that rhymes. Uh, mm-hmm. I never had one. The producers decided that I shouldn't have one because he said it was too easy 
for the writers to get the doctor out of trouble. I managed to save the universe every Saturday and without a Sonic, so I'm slightly critical. (laughs) Great, great quote. And also, I mean, down at the bottom, you can vote. Do you think the doctor uses the Sonic screwdriver too much? I'm going to hit the results. 68% say yes. 32% say no. No. Almost a two-third, one-third split. Yeah, yeah. and it, it doesn't tell me how many people voted on it, but I believe no. Cinema Blend is somewhat big. Relatively. There you go. As far as I know. <clears throat> Great quote. Yes. Now, <laughs> if we can just get Jody to ditch her Sonic and get an umbrella. Yes. Right? Right? Yes. Or that fanny pack. Remember <clears throat> that picture with well, the fanny yes. pack? Yes. And I said, I want to see that GD fanny pack. Yes. every week just because everyone was so mad about it oh that's true if only oh my god i'd forgotten about that <laughs> well speaking of jody speaking of series 13 there has mm. been some filming over at millennium center in cardiff uh just as recently as the 18th of february <clears throat> oh okay yep and so it didn't seem as though there was much going on exterior wise um the uh what it looks like is called the fresh cabaret bar which is located inside the center uh was being used for some interior shots and they've got some pictures in the article if you want to look at them um i'm not sure if this is what it normally looks like um or if this has been spruced up a little bit to make it look a little bit more alien but it does look as though this is what the decor looks like uh it's very interesting it is interesting and and i can definitely see how that would be an easy go-to like you know like they say bar on an alien planet look yeah uh so yeah we we will see where that fits in uh with uh, season 13 once we finally get to see once we finally get there still still no (laughs) word folks no, but they—I mean—they are saying autumn, so we are—we are still so this, half a year away. So, oh, oh, half a year. Okay, that's yeah. not that well, bad. Well, you think autumn? We've just started March. Yeah, okay. Call it seven months. Either way, not that bad. No, I mean we're already in—we're already in that. March. We are. We are officially in March. So not only that, um, happy belated Saint Duggan's Day. Yes, absolutely. Because Tom Chadbon's seventy-fifth happy birthday to you, sir birthday was last weekend today would have been the 103rd birthday of the legendary roger delgado oh wow um plus i also saw that bbc america will be airing fury from the deep on the 21st of march if you haven't already seen it if you haven't already seen it and if you you haven't you need to check it out it is so good Mm -hmm. i love it i might uh i might suggest to lauren that we watch that there you go because it'll probably be on demand. <clears throat> love yeah, it. Probably. You would think. Absolutely love it. Well, lastly, I am I am very, very happy to say that we have a Gallifrey One update. Um, it was amazing actually to see everyone's reactions yeah. online by just actually confirming a date for 2022. Uh, they are looking at the 18th through 20th of February. Yeah. So before um, the are, Super Bowl, I believe. Believe it or not, yes. Believe it or not, tickets are still available. Well, I assume, yeah, yes, and I also assume people may have because they that oh my goodness, it feels like so long ago because I guess it was, but they went on sale two weeks after they yes they went on sale literally I think at the very end of February last year yeah so they went on sale so literally a year ago yeah they went on sale super early. <clears throat> And then, you know, COVID, and then they, I think, canceled it. So people might have just been like, uh, I need, I, you know, I know it'll carry over for the next year, but I yep. can't go. So that's probably why more tickets are available. Yeah. I mean, even even at the time, you know, uh, um, they never quite sold out. Completely. Right. Um, but yeah, so if, if, if you're thinking ahead, maybe, and you're like, hey, I got a good feeling that most everyone will be vaccinated by then. I don't mind bringing a mask with me and wearing one if I need to, and I know how to wash my hands and take care of myself and not be a butthead about it. Hey, join us. Yes, please. Come on down. Man, do you think we'll still uh, be we'll still be social distancing by then? Um, I I don't know about social distancing. 
Um, and I am by no means an expert. <clears throat> yeah. Obviously, you know, we, we will all follow whatever guidelines are still in place. At Absolutely. That point. And I mean, um, let's give a pre, um, just a, a shout out to the, the many volunteers who will be yes. working that weekend. Let's yes, give them yes, a preempted yes, yes, yes. shout out because those people we have seen firsthand, uh, they take some crap from, uh, some not great people at some times and they are the true champions because if we are still kind of social distancing that is going to be even more pressure on them to to do a great job but they do so well so shout out to them yeah most definitely i mean my my hope is that it will be you know things will be in a much better situation by that point and and you know maybe the worst thing we have to do is you know be masked if we are inside and i'm fine with that. oh yeah i'm fine i'm 100 totally fine, fine with that, with that. you know that, that gives me a year to find some cool doctor who face masks yes to bring down and you know everyone else will have like carpet pattern ones it'll be fine oh my goodness it you, will be you know somebody's selling those oh they're they're out there i've seen them they'll be selling them at the uh at the event as well would not be surprised would not i would not yes i I, either way exciting news i think you know everyone was very excited and i'm like this is great but i still i don't know i think i'm just so jaded now i'm like nothing's ever gonna happen again oh no i get it i get it i have been dying for a vw show for a long time oh man i'm itching to go to one and i get it there's part of me that's just like i'm it's not gonna happen yeah Ugh. I get it. It will. It will. We're getting there. Well, what's going to happen right now is we are going to talk about Horror of Fang Rock, starring Tom Baker as the Doctor, Louise Jameson as Leela, uh, Alan Rowe as Skinsale. What a name. And Annette, and Annette Ouellette as Adelaide. Nailed it, kind of. Uh, <laughs> it was written by Terrence Dix and directed by Patty Russell. It first aired September 3rd through the 24th, 1977, and it is the first story of season 15, and we have, holy moly, we got a bunch, (laughs) a bunch of story notes brought to us by the fine folks over at TARDIS Wikia, so Taylor, take it away. Indeed, indeed. We love a good working title around here. I say it every time I see him. And this story had the working titles of The Rocks of Doom. Okay. Okay. The Monster of Fang Rock. All right. And The Beast of Fang Rock. I think The Beast would probably be my favorite alternate one, but yeah. I think the horror is fine. Oh, agreed. In I think the horror of Fang Rock, which I keep putting the in front I of I do it. too. I'm trying um, not to say it, but. Yeah. It's hard not to. Um, it's it's like talking about freeways in L.A. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it just it like like the like the Crimson Horror, right? It it kind of has that that Victorian feel ah yes to it. So it it kind of really fits more with the story. Yes. <clears throat> but that said, Horror of Fang Rock was a late replacement for the scripts that Terrence Dix had originally submitted a vampire based tale entitled the vampire mutations. Oh, which was canceled close to production lest it detract from the BBC's high profile adaptation of Bram Stoker's classic Dracula novel due for transmission close to when the serial would have aired a rewritten version of the vampire mutations eventually saw production in 1980 as the story state of decay. Oh, interesting. Yes, indeed. Um, Okay, okay. Yeah, this story was inspired by Wilfred Gibson's 1912 poem, Flannan Isle, which was discovered, um, sorry, which uh, was in turn based on true events that occurred in 1900 when a supply ship discovered that the lighthouse crew on the Flannan Isles in the Outer Hebrides had vanished without a trace. Ooh. Yeah. Terrence also drew on Ray Bradbury's 1951 short story, The Foghorn, about an aquatic dinosaur that had survived in the ocean's depths, but is attracted by the call of a lighthouse's foghorn. Oh, man. Great. Yes. Love it. We'll talk about the foghorn. Definitely. In in great detail later. (laughs) 
Well, Patty Russell didn't particularly enjoy her experience working on this story, largely because she much preferred Terrence Dick's original script and didn't think much of the hastily written replacement. But she was contractually obligated to still direct the new story. Filming also wasn't a particularly happy experience for her, in part due to constantly clashing with Tom Baker and Louise Jameson, and also because the facilities at the BBC's Birmingham studios, where they had to move production of the story due to scheduling conflicts, they weren't up to scratch. This resulted in her deciding not to direct, not to direct for the show ever again. That So, I mean, I, I you did say late in production it was canceled, Yes. I wonder how many of these people that we see in in the horror Fang Rock, how many were actually already cast in different roles? I don't know. That's a good question. Interesting. That's ve- yeah. and I wonder if that set was supposed to be something. If we reuse the set as well, uh, I don't know. I mean, that 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 is a little bit more tough to tell because that is very very obviously a lighthouse. Oh set. yes, absolutely. Um, but in the rather delightful scene, uh, I added the delightful part where Leela slaps Adelaide to stop her from screaming. Oh my goodness. Louise Jameson did indeed slap Annette Willette quite hard. Uh, Jameson stated in the DVD commentary that Willette insisted that she not hold anything back when doing the slap. Yeah. She slapped it real, real good. (laughs) Holy moly. The scream right out of her. Yes. Um, according to the DVD commentary by Louise Jameson, a scene in part three was crucial to the behind the scenes relationship between her and Tom Baker in the scene where he comes in carrying Palmer Dale's body. He consistently came in ahead of his cue, thereby upstaging her on the grounds that, this move was not what they had rehearsed. She insisted on three successive retakes until he finally came in at the rehearsed time. This apparently won his respect. From that point forward, she claims their working relationship was much smoother. Oh, <clears throat> interesting. There you go. Take take charge. Yes, exactly. Uh, this was the final televised story in which every character other than the doctor and his companion is killed. Until the doctor's wife and man, I think that's my last note. Is like yes. so everyone except them dies. Yep. Woof. Yep. <clears throat> right, Camilla. Woof. <laughs> Although they're referenced in several other stories, particularly those featuring their enemies, the Suntarans, this is to date the only televised appearance of the Rutans in Doctor Who. Um, not surprised. Yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> We definitely will. Uh, Tom Baker began an on-off relationship with Sue Gerrard, who was working as an editor on this serial. Uh, He broke it off to marry Lala Ward, uh, who you might recognize as Romana. Yes. And then after divorcing Lala Ward, rekindled his relationship with Sue and married her, and they've been married ever since. Oh, that's kind of cute, I think. Yeah. Um, (laughs) This also, now this, this is a little bit of a bonus note. Uh, this story is the story that was airing on Chicago PBS on the 22nd of November, 1987, when their signal was hijacked by someone in a Max Headroom mask. No. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Now, I have a link, and I will stick the link in the show notes as well. Uh, if you want to see what this is like, it's weird. It's something. Very least, it is definitely something. Yeah, I remember. I watched uh, it late one night, and I was like, "I'm frightened." You, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> and they never found who it was. Never found out who it was, which is even you know I mean, just adds to it. It totally does. It totally does. But it it is yeah weird weird to say the very least, and a tad unsettling. Yeah, absolutely. But check check it out if you want. It's, yeah, it's very strange. All right, before we hit these talking points and talk at great length, we got a world-famous synopsis, so Taylor, take it away. All right, well, the Doctor and Leela land in the movie The Lighthouse. (laughs) Not really, but they do land at the side of an actual lighthouse overlooking the notorious Fang Rock, which I presume is a very pointy rock, Um, just after an unusual meteor has crashed into the sea. Strangeness quickly follows our heroes as a mysterious force is chilling the air around the lighthouse and begins picking off the inhabitants. Toss a ship of snooty types into the mix and we have a proper British murder mystery masquerading as a Doctor Who adventure. Or is it the other way around? Can the Doctor identify the alien threat and kick it back down the stairs from which it came? (laughs) All right, Taylor. uh, What did you think of this overall 
Um, yeah, I want your thoughts first before I before okay. I go ahead. Um, overall, it's it's actually it's it's a really kind of dark, moody story. Um, that if if I didn't already know what you know who the monster is, right? In it, if I if I if I didn't already know that the Rutans were the the villain, so to speak, the monster, um, it would have really kept me guessing for a good long time. Um, I, I feel like the pacing is a smidge on the slow side. Mm. Like, I feel like it really leans into the fact that, um, you know, hey, we're Doctor Who doing a British murder mystery, so we're going to have the pacing yeah. of a British murder mystery show. Um, we're not going to have the pacing of Doctor Who. <laughs> um, but I, you know, for, for the purposes of this story, I, I run with it. It is a lot of, you know, back and forth. It's a lot of people talking. Obviously, there's a lot of stairs. Yes, many stairs. Um, <clears throat> but the the mood, the tension, the tone, it's all really well done. I mean, for the most part, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I think when I picked this, I said I said last time that this was one that I started to watch, and I thought to myself, uh, this isn't very good, and I never finished it. <laughs> I, I don't think it's like the greatest Doctor Who serial, but I think it's very good. I thought it was very well acted by pretty much everybody. Yeah. Um, I I mean, I have some words for the for the root the Rutans. <laughs> um, I think the, uh-huh. we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it later. But um, yeah, this is very murder mystery feel. I think one thing that kept it fresh was the introduction of new characters a little, I'd say halfway through or no, that was after the Mm -hmm. first episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was after the first episode. I mean, either way, it's like, that is something I feel like with classic who it's, it's a lot of here's the doctor and the companion and here's 14 other characters all at once. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. This at least felt like, and it was, it was cool because the problems that they were having in the lighthouse caused us to get these other characters. Yeah. So I think that was cool. That was a cool little uh, bit of storytelling there. So I liked it a lot more than I initially thought I was going to, but I don't know if it's like, you know, I wasn't like blown away by it. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah. That's so fair. and I, I, you make a good point. The, the introduction of more characters like after getting a whole episode in yeah is is a little different quite honestly we we don't have that very much at all i think even in modern who we don't really have that much at all um so yeah that that's a nice touch and they're all three of them are characters you can more or less hate right from the get oh my goodness wasn't there four wasn't there four of them or am i no i'm thinking of the the first uh lighthouse worker that was was killed yes that's who i'm thinking of Yes, uh, I think his name is Ben. I was trying to make notes of Wait. who was who. Yeah, no, there was four. There was the guy with the um. Oh my goodness! I'm uh, apologies, everyone. I know we're reviewing this, and I should remember everyone's <laughs> names. But there's the guy with the white hair. Yes, there, Sale. Yes, then there was the um the the guy who needed to get back to New York. Yeah, so he could, uh, you know. Oh, you're right. There was a fourth guy. And then there was the fourth guy who was basically like, whatever you need, doctor, I'm here to help. And he was just hanging out with the doctor for most of the time. And then there was um, Screamy McScreamerson, Adelaide. Uh, uh, Yes, yes. So there was a fourth. Yeah, we got right. There absolutely was a fourth one. You're right. So we got rid of um, we got rid of one lighthouse worker and then gained four more. Um, Mm hmm. But yeah, also, uh, no one survives. <laughs> That's just so yeah. wild to me. I didn't even think about it until I I think the closing two minutes of episode four, and I went, oh, man, everyone else is dead. Yeah. This is wild. Um, yeah. One thing I want to talk about is this foghorn, which is just used to, I guess I want to say perfection, to just set the, <laughs> set the mood of what is going on. Yeah. Um, and I love that it, even after uh, the ship crashes, we're still blowing the foghorn and it just it's just set so well. And I think at one point they they time it with a scream. Oh, probably. Yeah, they do. They, there was a screen. I think it was in episode one. There was a scream that is timed with the foghorn. 
and it was just like, oh, this is so great. It's just yeah. a, they. I thought they did a really great job with that. I don't even know what would you categorize that under. I guess like not a sound effect, um, not music, ambiance, ambiance. Yes, I mean, I mean that, that really just kind of sets that kind of mood. Yeah, it's just it sets this very just slow, creepy murder mystery mood. Yeah, I and mean, it really kind of amps up the whole isolation. Yeah factor absolutely and then you know we do lose it at one point but it's it's pretty it's pretty consistent through the first two Mm -hmm. two and a half episodes yeah definitely it's just a very very cool thing that i really enjoyed about this serial but we have to talk about leela for at least 12 hours all right i will put some coffee on (laughs) we will settle in i'll grab some cough drops there is so much and i don't know I think the first thing I want to say is when is the last time we got someone who is doing this kind of character work that feels like very out of place, but in place at the same time in Doctor Who, like a companion wise, you know, because like she's a warrior and she's always just like the warrior mentality Mm -hmm. and she doesn't, you know, get all the social cues that one might get in all of these settings, but we're so just used to like you know, everybody is, we don't have a character that feels very out of place anymore. Yeah. And I think we could really use some, especially for, you know, a time traveler who goes everywhere and picks up random people. We don't really have anybody like that in modern who that I can think of. Uh, No, really. I'm not sure that we do. And that's, that's one of the delightful things about Leela. I mean, I even love the fact that we, we just we don't even have her in her traditional outfit. No. In the story. We have her in a very uh, more or less typically period outfit, um, which then I, I, I guess gets <laughs> soaked. Yes. And then and she then, just starts taking her clothes off. Yes. Which is just a hilarious, hilarious scene. Yeah. Um, and then even what she ends up wearing, you know, she's got this like big cable knit sweater yes, and pants and boots and, and the belt. And I'm like, seriously, she could wear this outfit for like the rest of her time on Doctor Who. And that would be a great look. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, it was fantastic. It was very functional. Yeah. And it worked really well. It, um, yeah, absolutely. But yes, I mean, just the way that that Leela like refers to. Uh, Ruben, the 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 oldest. Ah, uh, oh, Ruben, <laughs> lighthouse keeper. I know, right? As um, you know, uh, like she's talking to Vince, uh, the youngest uh, lighthouse keeper. Oh, Vince. Uh, about him talking about, oh, your old one. Yes, your old one. And then, and then when he's when he's taken over uh, by the Rutan later in the story and he's he's up in his room and she's like you know she's out she's she's at his door and she's like come out old one yes come out old one with the with the sledgehammer uh yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. there should be an entire uh yeah. big finish audio of leela and the sledgehammer at least an hour long i think i think we could do it i would be I totally would fine that. with that <laughs> where she's like try like she picks it up and she's like swings it she's like yes this will do yeah love it it is it's really good i mean leela throughout is really a bright spot oh yeah absolutely in the story because again she's so displaced from like she still you know knows that crazy stuff is going on Mm -hmm. but she's still you know the character that she is it doesn't feel like everybody is on the same i mean she's on the same page but she's on like a different level like let me stab this thing uh, right. Let me break this door down with a sledgehammer. I will also say she basically gave the idea to turn the lighthouse into a laser. Yes. Why don't we use this thing? Oh, yeah, we should. <laughs> uh, yeah, she was absolutely fantastic in this. And uh, I believe she actually says at one point, uh, you will do as the doctor instructs or I will cut your heart out. Crazy. That sounds about right. <laughs> right. Sounds about right to me. I'm trying to think if there's anything else Lilo wise that oh when she thinks she's blind she tells the oh, doctor to kill her yes kill me that, an honorable that death was, that was that was a really good I liked that bit now I I don't know but 
are her eyes legitimate? Or uh, Louise Jameson's eyes legitimately blue? And you know, she- that is so funny you mentioned that because I was like, wait a second, I can't remember if Tardis Wikia had something about this, and I can't remember for the life of me what color her eyes actually are. Because I wonder if it was just like she had grown tired of wearing contacts, <sighs> and they were just like, uh, here you go. This is how you you don't have to wear contacts anymore. It could be. Oh, the pig. Oh, here we go. Here we go. The pigment dispersal scene at the end of the story, when Leela's eyes changed from brown to blue, was a practical rather than story motivated event. It was so Louise Jameson didn't have to continue to wear brown contact lenses. <laughs> this was done to keep her as a member of the cast, as she found wearing the lenses uncomfortable and seriously considered leaving the show. Uh, Horror of Fangrock was actually the second story filmed of the season after The Invisible Enemy, so when the time came to don the contacts for the story, Jameson's eyes had had a rest for several weeks, and she was better able to cope with it. Wow. There you go. There it is, folks. Yep. I'm like, I knew I knew I saw it somewhere. That's crazy. Yep. But also, like, I get it, because I can't wear contacts, and... Oh, Yeah. I mean, for her to have to act and also be uncomfortable in these, these, I, I don't know, you know, I love when someone was like, no, her eyes are brown. That's like, how, how adamant they felt about it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, and it's, it's, it's funny because, I mean, I mean, I, I get it. This is 1977 and I'm like, I, I have no idea what contact lens technology is like. I mean, yeah, maybe they were way, way less comfortable then than they would be now i have no idea maybe oh i yeah they could have been um they could have been made of different material who knows Mm -hmm. especially um ones with different colored uh eyes in it yeah who knows but anyway leela was a fantastic just part of this story and kind of took us out of the whole look everyone's gonna die at the end of this um Uh, we got to talk about our villains, that's for sure, or our villain, the the Ruton. Yeah. Um, man, Taylor, I was all about this. I was like, this is cool. We got a, a shape shifty. Um, what looks like? Do you remember those? Oh my god. Oh, I I've got a feeling you are gonna say the same thing that I'm thinking of. The Mad Balls. No, I wasn't thinking Mad Balls, but I yes, I see that. I definitely see that. Oh my goodness, I like. I I didn't think about Mad Balls until I just said it kind of looks like, and then oh. my my brain said Mad Balls, and then I went, "How do I remember the exact name of these things?" But here they are. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. I I was thinking of there was I don't even remember the name or the brand of candy, but they were just little spherical hard candy balls. You know, you'd suck on them. Were they jawbreakers? Like they were. Super basic. No, 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 not jawbreakers. They were just a basic, translucent, you know, probably probably about the size of a gumball. Huh. But it was a hard candy. Um, maybe this was something one of my grandmothers had. I'm not sure. Um, you know, it would come individually wrapped. You know, you pull and it would untwist. <clears throat> Somebody somewhere is shouting the name of it. Oh, man. I'm, I'm like, I just typed in hard candy 80s. Oh, boy. Um, and... I don't see anything as I'm scanning. Oh, I should okay. probably type. Oh, no, I did put green. Never mind. Okay, yeah, because there there were different colors, and green was one of them. So when when I see the rutan and it, it glowing green, um, despite the tentacles, I totally think of these candies. Man, that's gonna um, that's gonna drive me crazy. Oh, geez. I need to well, know what I'm this candy is. Time uh, maybe I'll ask Seb. He maybe he remembers. I'm sh- I'm sure he does. I, f- I feel like. <laughs> I feel like he would he would be like, oh, this can't. It'd be the first first answer. They almost it almost looks like a charms blow pop, but it is you know that's not um, what we're thinking of. Yeah, I mean, you're in the neighborhood. Sour apple. <clears throat> yeah, uh, exactly. That's what I that, that's what I first thought of when I saw it. Let's but just I like look the at, Mad Balls. Reference. Let's just look at candy for the rest of the evening. <laughs> yeah. um, Welcome to Candy Cast. Candy Cast, everybody. But no, you know, I was all about this. Like we we have this weird green looking thing that's kind of climbing up the side of the the lighthouse. It can it it can not only change what it looks like, it can phase, which is very interesting. Like I think at one point, Leela throws a knife at at um, Ruben Ruben mm-hmm. the Ruton. And it phases, 
and goes through him. Oh, and they can also slowly smile is another thing they can do. Um, yeah. And their their little, like, uh, Ruton vision is fun. And even the, the tentacle thing is pretty, it, as funny as that was, because clearly that scene was reversed. Yes. That I got a, I watched that like four times. I was laughing very yes. hard at that. That, that. that one was really good. Um, John, if you look at our, uh, our, our little chat in whereby I think I found the candy in question. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited, everyone. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh, yes. You know what I'm talking about now? Yeah. Oh, they, uh, you, you, when you said generic, you were not kidding. No, I'm not. And these are referred to as sour balls. I don't remember them being sour, but uh, whatever. You know, it was 40 years ago. Nuts.com. Is this a candy website? Uh, I, I don't know. I didn't look at the rest of what they have. Oh, no. It is, folks. Well, the rest of the podcast is canceled. I got to look at some candy. <laughs> well, while John looks at candy, I will uh, <laughs> talk about the fact that I love that the doctor, um, as he is trying to um find the little bits of tech that the Bruton has like hooked up to the boiler in order to transmit back to the mothership and there's some sort of like i can't remember what it was like an amplifier or a repeater or something he yeah. does finally find it and boy oh boy does it look like an area 51 road sensor <laughs> yes it does <laughs> wow especially on the heels of of watching alien highway for for all night with the living geeks i was Holy like oh Lord. i recognize this that's so strange but Glenn, I mean, Glenn Campbell found some of these. That's so weird. But so I was all on board with the Rutons. I loved it. I thought it was fun. And then the Rutons spoke. <laughs> oh yes. And I went. This is this is what we did. And I feel like Classic Who has done this to me a couple of times, where they just cannot have any new monster alien sound unique it needs to sound like a dalek and it drives oh, yeah. me yeah i guess in some ways i mean come on it, i believe it said the glory of our race at one point uh yeah but you gotta remember we, we get a little bit of that out of the santarans too yeah i mean you but know, i feel like so at I, one point they at least kind of changed it up didn't they or was it always like that in the Ah, uh, boy, you know, I I don't want to say that <laughs> oh, it's always been that way and, and be just utterly wrong, but I feel like it has been. Either way, I mean, th- this, I went, ugh. Yeah. I was we just very whole... taken out of it after that. Yeah, no, and, that, and that's why, because we have this murder mystery for almost three and a half episodes, and then we get this talk on the stairs that's a ton of exposition. Yes, you know what, and, though? I'm thinking what? about it. I would have rather had the the Rutan talk like the Sea Devils. Okay. I think that would have been creepier yeah. in the setting we were in. And, I mean, obviously the whisper talk, I'm like, this is dumb. But I would have rather had this for, you know, the everlasting gobstopper. Well, yeah. When, when you have a story where you have two villains who kind of talk that way. Yeah. That's really annoying. Um, when it's just one, it's a little bit more tolerable. Um, and yeah, I think I think if it had had a more maybe raspy uh, uh, sea devil esque voice, maybe maybe not quite so hard on the s's. Um, yes, uh, it would fit the mood and the tone of this story a little bit better, rather than like, oh, here's here's our radio announcer pretending to be a Dalek. <laughs> yes. Uh, and it is, yeah, there's, there's, there's something about that scene that kind of takes you out of it. But then, then we get like literally half of episode four is just, here's a Rutan climbing some stairs. Oh, we've blasted him with something and he's gone further back down the stairs. Yes. Now he's got to climb back up them again. And it's just like, wait, what? This is what we're reduced to? Just kicking the rutan back down the stairs it's like oh no there's another 80s board game reference i'm trying to make oh no shoots and ladders no not shoot shoots and ladders it was mousetrap. it wasn't mousetrap either man oh. it, you know we'll go with mousetrap because i feel like there are some stairs that you can you can kind of fall down oh go was it ghost castle 
I think oh, it, I don't know Ghost Castle. Okay, t- Taylor. So I'm looking at Ghost Castle right now. Oh boy. And Ghost okay. Castle, they actually rebranded now that I'm looking at it as the Ghostbusters board game. Do you remember that? What? You don't remember really? the Ghostbusters? Do you remember I, that? You have to look it up, dude. We had it. It was the most complicated setup of all time. It looks complicated. But it was it was pretty Welcome cool. To, let's Google that for you, Cat. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it reminds me of one of those like eighties games huh. where it's like, I'm climbing up the stairs. Oh, a giant ball has fallen and now I'm back down the stairs. Yes. Yes. I get it. Or oh I rolled snake eyes. I'm back down at the bottom of the Yes, snake basically. Yep. That's, I totally get it. that's it, what it reminds shoot, me of. Shoots and ladders ask. Yes. So I mean yeah, that was pretty much the whole the whole fourth fourth uh part of the serial. Yeah. And when the when the I guess mother ship shows up. Oh, I love it, that too. I well here's here's and this is me obviously coming off of recording on Saturday with you guys. Yeah. It it's it's literally just an orb. Yeah, you know and it's just a light orb. You and, know, how many times do you get like UFO reports where it's like, I just saw this big light in the sky. Yeah. And here it is. It sound like Bubba there. I don't know. But, either. It, but here it is. Here comes here comes the Rutan mothership and it's just this big glowy orb. I mean, like, that's actually kind of fitting. Sure, why not? Yeah, I, I thought I was like, This is perfect. Like I'm totally fine with this. This, yeah. this is great. I didn't question it. <clears throat> And then they blast it out of the sky and they freak bl- out the seagulls. They blast out of the sky. Every everyone is dead except the doctor and Leela. And he's like, "Well, shall I read you this quote aloud as we leave?" <laughs> it man, that was that was wild. I will say, oh, there was something else that I absolutely loved in this. Was it, was it the teeny Tardis model at the end? Teeny Tardis mo- model was great, but. <laughs> I thought that I thought the music was was pretty good as well. Yeah. Um that the or Leela's hunting in the fog in episode 1. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, this is very cool." And I mean, yeah. the music that they it almost feels like they might have built the music around the foghorn, which is kind of cool. Know, that yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. I, the the music really didn't jump out at me until episode two, mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason. Right, it might have just been my attention span on a Friday. But <laughs> fair, it it you know the the music really was very fitting to 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 the moodiness of this story and this set. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, overall, I I I did enjoy this, and I guess you know before we. Uh, before we we head on out, is there there are there any last words? Um, I liked the model of the ship that crashed. Yes, that was also very cool. Like I I didn't look at it and go, oh my gosh, it's an actual boat. It was like, oh, it's definitely a model, but yes. it was a pretty good model. Yeah, no, it was cool. I liked <laughs> that it when it crashed, it broke open. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, yeah, very uh, cool. I I mean, I liked that Palmerdale was easily hateable enough that i was really very pleased when he died oh yeah that i mean uh, although i will say i mean his his body looked pretty good for falling off a uh oh yeah he looked he looked fine yeah he was he was he was pretty well fang rock must be a bunch of foam rock yes (laughs) no it's called foam rock that's right oh it's it's see the words become obscure here i need to clean some of the lighthouse see it's the horror of foam rock. Of foam rock. All the all the rocks very soft. <laughs> yeah, he was he was fine, it seemed. Yeah. I mean his clothes weren't messed up even. No, he was good to go. I mean he you know was dead, but he was good to go. He was dead but good to go. There yeah. you go. Um I like that. Yeah, I mean uh, such a bummer that I mean they had some like pretty good characters that I enjoyed. Uh I mean Ruben was great. I love Yeah. I love Ruben when, um, oh my goodness, when Vince comes up to him and tells him about Ben dying. Mm-hmm. Ben's dead. How'd he die? The generator. Men who die like that never rest easy. Well, <laughs> see you later. And he just like walks away. Yep. And, and Vince yep. is like, oh boy. Ruben is that kind of, kind of old, grizzled. You know, I've been in my position so long and I've seen things you wouldn't believe. Yes. You know, that 
that you know he could say just the most like bonkers things and you'd be like yeah ruben yeah yeah definitely and you're like he's just old and crazy yeah <laughs> no but it was fun it was I, I i loved i loved both vince and ruben a lot they were great and i really liked how that you know all of their little scenes together and then you know one was murdered and his body duplicated and he was killed by him. yep well i guess that's how it goes i will say one last thing i will say is is i feel like this story more than other classic who stories had a lot of creature vision angles yeah you know what i wonder if upon my first watch way back in the day i wonder if that was one of the the reasons i was like i can't do this anymore <laughs> there was a lot of creature vision but it 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 was different enough from the creature vision we've seen before yes, yes. it was almost like a little psychedelic green with some blue yeah <laughs> i liked it i was fine with it uh taylor would you recommend this story um i would yeah, I mean, I I don't know that it would it would make um say say a top ten list. Yeah, um, but it if somebody had watched enough Doctor Who to be like, well, you know, do they do they ever break from like their kind of more traditional format? I'd be like, yeah. you know what, they kind of attempted like a murder mystery once. Yeah, I think yeah, I think they did Check a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. I you know I I, I would also recommend it. Um, if anything, just for just for Leela interacting with all these like yes. people, um, these, these very like upper crusty snooty types. Oh yeah, and just just watch Leela just <laughs> kind of even verbally eviscerate them. Yes, it's good. They'll it's good it. stuff. Um, you know what's weird, Taylor? I feel like this is one of the first times we really haven't talked about the Doctor when we've talked about Doctor Who. You know, he has not come up quite as much this episode that's interesting i didn't even think about that at first i mean it's tom baker you know you're always getting like good stuff even if it's not Mm -hmm. Uh, i did love him in the bowler hat i thought that was great yes yes i kind of wish he had kept it a little longer yeah right exactly um exactly and but he's i mean he's got great banter yes you know he he he's got his um how would you put it you know his his tom baker logic as the doctor as he kind of you know tries to figure out what's going on yeah you know and it, it is just very classically him yes absolutely absolutely all right he's annoyed that his his scarf got singed yes <laughs> yes he is little stuff like that it's it's just those little things that stand out absolutely and with that it's time for the duggan scale ah yes i've got all the machinery i need stand back it's time okay this one's interesting yeah because quite literally everyone dies horrific deaths they're all either electrocuted to death or they are thrown from the very top well electrocuted and then fall to their death off the top of the lighthouse yep uh we also have the the um the tentacle death which is very funny Yes, we have the tentacle death. We get um, oh the slap, sledgehammering. sledgehammering. We get the slap, the slap. Absolutely. Um, we do get an explosion at the end. Yes, and I I uh, don't know if we get anything else that is. Well, we get the rutan like oh blasted down the stairs once, and then like blasted enough to like I don't know deflate him. Yeah, they they popped that inflatable mattress with gel in it that's for sure what are you saying they popped his bubble yeah they popped his bubble <laughs> he was trying to live in the bubble and they said no yeah um, outside his bubble now yes i think i would go with everything considering and and the fact that we get that background information about uh about leela just slapping the yeah. ever loving s <laughs> out of her i i think i'm gonna give it a five. Okay, I'm 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 a little closer to six myself. All right. Um. I and I I, I don't know. I, I rest that just on on how much a a woman of action uh Leela tends to be. Yeah. Compared to say other companions, <clears throat> and so that just I don't know. 
um, maybe this is just coming off of of playing D anD D with the kids. That's you know that that's that's a plus one ability modifier. <laughs> yes, <laughs> love it. So there, I take that five and I'll make it a six. There we go. That's fair. <laughs> fair enough. All right. Gathering close, it's time for the behind the close <laughs> All right, Taylor, what are, what are we thinking here? You know, honestly, it's it's not so much scary as it is moody and at times tense. Yes. Um, there's there's no outright, you know, horror. Um, you know, the deaths aren't gory at all. Even though everyone does die, it's either from a CSO, yeah. um, you know, electrical zap, um, or if you do get that and then fall off a lighthouse, you still look pretty darn good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, not only that, but, but just the fact that we have a rather well-spoken green glowing blob of a Ruton, it doesn't exactly imply terror. Yeah. I don't look at that and get scared. I look at that and go, oh, this looks like a sour ball. Yes. Covered in spot in that spider web stuff you get in Halloween stores. There you go. There you go. That works for me. All right. Um, so yeah, not not terrifying, but I think that's because the story is old enough that the effects just don't quite hold up. There you go. All right. Well, uh, Taylor, I still have not scrolled down to where our next oh. time is, so I have no idea what we are okay. what we are watching. So Taylor, <laughs> tell us what we are watching. I, I I love doing this to John. I mean, I literally messaged him today i was like dude do you think we could handle a six-parter for next time and you're like mm, maybe and yeah I'm like, well do you think you could if it had your favorite companion in it and yeah you're like uh yeah and i'm like <laughs> okay so next time in two weeks uh just after daylight saving starts here in california finally uh, I don't know, man. That week after Daylight Savings Time messes me up. Yeah. We'll be watching The Seeds of Death. Oh. Starring Patrick Troughton as the Doctor, Fraser Hines as Jamie, and Wendy Padbury as Zoe. And yes, Ice Warriors. Yeah. It's let's written by go. Brian Hales and directed by Michael Ferguson. All right. I'm in. You know what? I, I think the more I see of, of this Team TARDIS, the more I'm like, I mean, I'm already kind of biased towards troughton and frazier but i'm like mm -hmm. i'm like yeah zoe's where it's at this is the good this is the good stuff right here it, it is i mean really so much of troughton's run that i've seen or in some cases just had to read about yeah it was really like they really were trying to get progressive and do some really ambitious stories um and so I really was like, man, I, I'd love to go back and do some Troughton. But I had to go and look through like every single episode. It's like, yeah. oh, nope, done that one. It's hard. Oh, nope, this episode's missing. Oh, nope, we've done that one. Oh, nope, we've done that one. Oh, nope, all the episodes are missing. And then it took all the way until Seeds of Death, the the, the penultimate Patrick Troughton story. <laughs> um, it was either that or <clears throat> the story before it, which is a four-parter. That's why I asked you know, which you thought we could handle. I mean, if if I do the time management correctly, I can handle anything. Fair. What's the next, I mean, now that we're talking about Troughton and how everything's not available, what was the next animated one again? It was Spiders, um, right? Yes, Web of Fear. Web of Fear. And then I, I think they've announced that they're doing the Abominable. Yes, uh, they also announced that one. Yeah, but I think that's that's still going to be a little ways out. Trying to see when Web of Fear comes out. Okay, I, th I think we've still got a little while, but I've, I'm pretty sure it's the first half of this year somewhere. Yeah, I, I think. think. Oh, and this was the this is a different animation style, if I recall. Yeah. Again, so we'll see. Fingers crossed. We'll see. All right. I mean that that sounds great. Um, this <laughs> this website says it's coming out December thirty first, twenty thirty. So I don't wow, think that I've is got a correct. That's a placeholder. That sounds not correct, but we'll worry about that at a uh, at a different date and time. But until then, <laughs> you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at the Podcastica. You can follow me on Twitter at JP Thrice, and you can follow Taylor on Twitter at Blue Box UFO. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify and pretty much anywhere you get 
your podcasts. Just search Podcastica and make sure you look for Taylor and myself in the TARDIS as our logo because there is another podcasting network called Podcastica, and I feel like I should remind people of that more often. (laughs) Well, it's like, what are the odds that, you know, two people would come up with that as a name? And, well, apparently we hit those odds. Apparently we we launched first but they saved the podcastica twitter handle before they launched which i mean good on them and they're very <laughs> nice we've spoken geeks as early as i could yes we've spoken to them a couple of times they they're very yeah. kind and we're just yeah. like hey you know this is weird that's basically every conversation but <laughs> pretty much uh you can rate and review us as well that would be great uh soundcloud.com slash the notlg if you just want to see the back catalog in a more just audio form. But if you want to see everything, notlg.com for sure is your place to be. notlg.spreadshirt.com and patreon.com slash notlg spreadshirt if you want a shirt or a mug or a tote bag. I wonder if they have dog-related things. Oh, boy. Oh, Got to check that out. And if you just want to support us monetarily, that Patreon is where you should head. But we're still in this. I know we talked about vaccinations earlier, but... You know, we're still at home, and uh, we should support our local shops and artists, retweets, buy something from them. Um, I don't know. Flare gun. I'm not sure. Yeah. Spotlight. Take a moment and, and, and thank everybody <clears throat> lately who has been um, liking and retweeting stuff on the Podcastica account. Yeah. Um, we, we, we did a little happy birthday Roger Delgado thing, and a lot of folks kind of jumped in on that. Um, I know there's a few of you out there who will regularly uh, uh, retweet our episode announcements, and I just want you to know that it is appreciated. Thank you so much. Absolutely. It's it's so fun. I love I love the Doctor Who I love the Doctor Who community, but I also love the Doctor Who podcasting community. A lot of fine folks out there, for sure. All right. So, that's it for us. So, join us again in two weeks for the Seeds of Death. And we will talk to you guys then. See ya. See ya. Oh, man. I'm, I'm like, I just typed in hard candy 80s. Oh, boy.